the world models for us in business to be like always on and always hustling and always doing action and always doing what what you should be doing. There's like all this kind of modeling out there. And I think sometimes that's the challenge of operating a business more in alignment with yourself is that you have to trust yourself. You have to like trust yourself over others. Hey everyone, I have a special opportunity just for you. And it's because I love my Women in the Business Arena listeners. If you haven't heard, I'm launching a new podcast called The Feminine Lens. We officially dropped the first four episodes this week, but I wanted to give you all a sneak preview. If you like it, you can head over to The Feminine Lens and subscribe so you don't miss out on all the juicy new episodes. So today, we're sharing with you episode one, from the feminine lens. I was honored to have a panel of my clients discussing what it means to look at business through a feminine lens. Now, they have had amazing experiences in my Women in the Business Arena group. They've been able to really explore what a feminine lens even means. And so we had a great conversation together, and I look forward to hearing what you think of it. So enjoy. Today, I want to focus the feminine lens on business. How can we operate our businesses in a way that aligns more with who we are as women? So I decided to bring into this discussion three amazing women who each are running their own service businesses, and they also happen to be in one of my coaching programs. They've been exploring this topic of masculine and feminine business for a while now, and I think they're going to provide some amazing insight into you know, how we can operate business in a more aligned way. Let me quickly introduce them. Jamie Walsh is a naturopath who focuses on supporting women with PCOS and those who've been struggling to conceive. What I love about her is that she offers the care and support that many doctors aren't able to provide to these women. Jamie, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And then our second panelist is Carolyn McCall. She is a nonprofit consultant who is genius with designing projects and programs for social good. She helps her nonprofit clients create more impact, reach more people, and accomplish their highest goals. So welcome, Carolyn. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And last but not least, we have Michaela Herman, who is an amazing podcast manager and writer. You can thank her for both of my amazing podcasts. She is passionate about doing the podcasting work and writing and passionate about helping amazing women be heard. So welcome, Michaela. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Me too. This is going to be so fun, this whole panel. And I think, you know, what reason why I kind of wanted to bring multiple people on is because I think there's different perspectives that we can share about, you know, what we've learned in operating a business in a different way. So, you know, I think we can kind of start with maybe talking about how we can look at business from a masculine perspective and a feminine one. Like what are some of the differences? So, you know, when a lot of times when people come into my program or they're just operating their business in the world, they are operating through kind of a masculine perspective. But what have you noticed is kind of the difference when you start to look at it through a feminine one? Well, um, I probably have a 
a good example because I'm sure that 99% of my working life was operating in the masculine lens. I've worked in lots of different roles and I was all about the actioning. So I'd go to work, I would execute, I would push through, I would deliver, I would be running on that adrenaline rush pretty much for the whole entire day. And I think it was only when I started working with Sonia that I actually heard about the feminine way of doing things, which I'd never thought about or heard about before. And so some of those were like feeling and taking space and um, envisioning. And I always had thought of taking space as being lazy, you know, um, (laughs) which was a really interesting um, concept, you know, of, you know, having some time to think about things as being lazy. But that's really been a game changer for me. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that a lot of times when we think of taking space or allowing ourselves even time to think about things versus doing and taking action, that we label that lazy, right? It's so interesting. I mean, how many of, you know, Michaela and Jamie, like, did you have an experience of that as well, where, you know, if you weren't in action, somehow you were being lazy or not being productive enough? Did you kind of also experience that? Uh, Yeah, I definitely have experienced that. And I don't have like a corporate background or anything like that. So I don't know why that sort of thing was so indoctrinated within me. But it's something that I've really had to, you know, like train myself out of in a way. But I think like I really feel like what characterizes a masculine sort of business is really like separating yourself from the work that you're doing. And you know, like overriding your energy, overriding your feelings to really have this sort of aggressive kind of focus on the work that you're doing. Whereas I feel like now that I sort of welcomed this more feminine way of working into my work and my life as well by default, I feel like I'm much more in touch with, you know, just my energy and my cycle and my feelings and that Like I really have to kind of work with that and both of them. You can't separate the two, I don't think. So it's sort of, yeah, everything has just become a little bit more just like holistic, I guess. Yeah, or aligned, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that is a really good example. I think so often, you know, when we're we're in sort of the the at least the way that business has been run up to this point is it's been run very disconnected to who we are, dissected from who we are. And oftentimes we're taught to follow the gurus or to follow what people say to do in our business, whether that's in marketing or sales or how we should do our offer, or who we should target. That so much of that is that actually, you know, what someone says we should do, and we're not even checking in or aligned with what we want to do or what we align with. And I think when we're running our business through a more feminine lens, what we're looking at is who are we and how do we stay in integrity? How do we stay in congruity with who we are and what we want? And I think that is such a great like picture of some of the differences is that, you know, sometimes running in the masculine and that, and that's because like the nature of that energy, you know, for those who haven't really studied or haven't really looked at the differences between kind of feminine energy and masculine energy, you know, masculine energy is about action. 
It's about direction. It's about moving. It's about getting things done. It's about checking things off a list. Like that is the masculine energy. Nothing's wrong with that energy. It's a neutral energy. But then there's like all of our feminine energy, which is about feeling and about flow and about visualizing and about using intention and about desire. So we have these like very different energies. And if we use them more in sync with ourselves, we can have a much more easily successful, thriving, fulfilling business. But I think when we start dissecting all these things and and we take action at the cost of our feelings or at the cost of our energy, that's where it really starts to get in the way. Totally. So, you know, what are some other things you've kind of noticed about maybe the, the way you all have operated your businesses in the past and the way that you're operating them now that is really making a difference? I think for me, a lot of it comes down to doing things without resisting who you naturally are and starting to embrace who you actually are instead of, like Carolyn said, forcing through low energy or um, having to be competitive when you don't really want to be competitive and things like that. And for me, definitely letting go of guilt of times where I'm just like, I can't work today. My brain's not with it. Like for whatever reason, I'm very unfocused or something else is going on and I know I need time to rest. And I think in the masculine perspective, it's like, well, just tough it out and push through. And there's certainly times of life where you need to do that. But if you do that every single day in your business, you wind up burnt out. And I've certainly had phases where I did that. And then I have to circle back when I'm in the burned out phase and be like, oh yeah, I know this lesson, I've encountered this before, and I know that I should have tapped out or leaned back when I just was feeling overwhelmed. So that is definitely one thing I've I've really had to learn about the feminine approach is that it's just much more flowing. It doesn't have to be so dramatically on-off all the time. Yeah. How about you two, Carolyn and Jamie? Well, I I love what Michaela just said and, and also touching on what Jamie talked about in terms of cycles I found it really interesting when um, you look at your different cycles like in the month or in the season and just when you're paying more attention to that you can really use the different times to like slow down and you know integrate and then other times for doing and the being out there and being active and you know um, and I know that Jamie talks a lot about that as well but that's what I've been really working with within my business about making note of those times that I need to go inwards and those times that it's better for me to go outwards and that's made a real had a real impact for me in my business it's almost like listening to ourselves more right like that's some of the the piece I think when we start to look at things more through that feminine lens with business, in some ways, it's just, it's listening to ourselves. It's listening to how we feel and it's trusting that versus what someone else says we should do or what someone else is is modeling for us, right? I think the world models for us in business to be like always on and always hustling and always doing action and always doing what what you should be doing. There's like all this kind of modeling out there. And I think sometimes that's the challenge of operating a business more in alignment with yourself is that you have to trust yourself. You have to like trust yourself over others. Like what's been your experience with that? Terrifying. I think unwinding (laughs) that self-distrust is really scary. Um, And I'm definitely a bit earlier in my like journey as a business owner. And that's something I really have 
come up against as a ceiling. And when I get into the comparison and the, well, other people are doing this and other people who work in my field run their business this way. But when I try to run my business that way, I feel terrible. I feel stressed out. I don't actually want to do the work. But when I run it in a way that feels more aligned with myself, it's like, oh yeah, I like waking up and doing this. Maybe I only do it four days a week, or maybe sometimes I take an extra day off that I wasn't anticipating. But just learning to trust that and trust that everything will get done and things that fall by the wayside are just things that never really needed to get done. I thought they did, but they really weren't essential. So that building up that trust in oneself has been huge and such a lesson I'm thankful to learn through like entrepreneurship because I think it would have taken me a lot longer to learn if I wasn't in this arena. Yeah. How about you all with trusting yourself? Oh, yeah, I was just going to add, like, you wouldn't think so, but nothing terrible happens if you have a nap in the afternoon. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's right? crazy, but everything stays the same. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. 100%. I, I definitely had so many, I uh, had to do so much work on trusting myself. Like, I was one of those people that I would call 10 people to make a decision, whether it was when I worked for myself or whether it was in my personal life. I'm like... I never trusted myself. So it was really interesting to start practicing with Sonia about feeling things, about feeling if that felt like the right thing, if that felt like the right direction and for myself, not anyone else's feelings for me. And so now I try to go with that feeling, which I would never have done before in business. And it feels really exciting and it feels like really aligned with what I want to do. So that's, that's been, yeah, a big journey for me. Yeah. Look, I think it's a big journey for all of us, right? Like I don't think anyone comes to the table, you know, as a woman or in business and says, wow, I trust myself. I'm just going to go with what I think is right. Right. No, we're like, we're looking to everyone else to be like, is this right? Am I doing this right? And you know, there is a lot of value that we can get from people who are guiding us. There's value we can get from, you know, like a group coaching, like the one you guys are in. There's a lot of value we can get from having other people But if we don't trust ourselves and understand what feels right for us and doesn't feel right for us, that's where we get into a lot of trouble in our business. And I think women in general struggle to trust themselves, right? We're indoctrinated by the patriarchy that we shouldn't trust ourselves. We should listen to the experts. I mean, it was so interesting, like, you know, over the last few days, I've been on social media a lot more and, you know, it's just amazing sometimes when I state an opinion and how many men come back at me with wanting proof, give me proof. And I just have been, like, my answer has been, I'm sorry, I'm just too exhausted to have to show you proof. Go do some research. <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, but it's like, that's the way that we're taught to function is where's the proof, but like a feeling that I have or what's right for me and not right for me. I don't need any proof. That just is right. Like if I just trust that and let that guide me in my business, that is a much more feminine way to operate a business. I think that's such a good point. And something that I was going to say as well is that I feel like you can't trust yourself or you can't like learn how to trust yourself if you don't know what you're feeling. So I feel like such a big part of that process is give yourself the time and the space to become a lot more familiar with the way that you actually feel. Because I know for me, when I was to make decisions in the past, it was totally based on what I was thinking or the opinions of other people or, you know, same as you, Carolyn, I would just ring like, a bunch of people to get their opinions and then 
often that would just make me feel overwhelmed, but I'd come to a decision based on that. But I feel like one of the biggest changes for me, having done the program, continuing to do the program is, you know, if I am in that space where I feel indecisive or I feel stressed or anxious or frustrated, rather than trying to work over that, you know, like do a lot of work, tick things off my list or distract myself, I kind of have to do the opposite of that, which is like become more still and actually take the time to not just think about my feelings, but actually feel my feelings. There's a difference, I've realised. And, you know, even just I feel like it's so rare for us to actually take the opportunity to feel what emotions feel like in your body. And I feel like once you learn how to do that, oh, my God, it's like a superpower. It is a superpower, right? And and I think, you know, what's so interesting is so much of what we talked about so far in this episode really comes back to creating space, right? For instance, you can't feel what's in your body if you don't have space to feel it, right? We can't do it in a vacuum. Like I think so many people are like, you know, they create their day and their and their business day and their business life and there's no space in it, right? There's like, okay, you know, I have five minutes. All right, I got five minutes of my day. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go get a drink, you know, like, or, okay, I've sectioned 30 minutes off to, you know, look at my business and see what I'm struggling with, right? But 30 minutes doesn't give you the time to really feel, to give you that spaciousness to understand how am I feeling about my business right now? How am I feeling about the direction I'm going? It doesn't even give you time to evaluate. And so that space, become so pivotal. And I think that is the biggest difference between kind of operating a business in a more masculine way and operating a business in a more feminine way is in the feminine way, you have to make space the priority. And I think as well, like, I think overscheduling is in a way a protective mechanism because, you know, it's not really fun to feel your feelings a lot of the time. Like, <laughs> true, it's not really exciting to kind of lie down and feel grief or feel like anger and frustration so I totally get why a lot of people will go to the bar use their five minutes to go to the bathroom or make a cup of tea instead of you know doing something else it's like or scroll on Instagram that's a big one for me like the numbing (laughs) of like when I actually do have space it's like I don't get up and do something that's like tootling around like I really like a work day that's very spacious and I can like write a bit and then I go make a cup of tea and I do a load of laundry and I think and then I can run back over and write something down and that spaciousness is so much more enjoyable and I think better work comes out of it but when I get in that place where I'm almost over scheduling myself but just with things like social media or tv or whatever it is like jam packing my own schedule with things so I don't have to feel my feelings, that's when we get into trouble. 100%. I think it's so interesting because, you know, I, feelings is, is absolutely one of those things and emotions as well that we've been taught to keep out of the business realm. Like, don't bring your emotions into business. It's, you know, it's business, not personal. You know, there's all these ways in which we've been taught. And it's it's so indoctrinated. Like, I remember, you know, just recently I was facilitating a networking meeting And we were talking about, you know, sort of ways to navigate more challenging, you know, relationships and experiences in in work and in business. And so many of the women said in that networking meeting, yeah, I just make sure to that I'm not, you know, experiencing any emotions. I've handled all my emotions so that I'm coming to the table like without emotion 
And I was thinking, that's so interesting how so often we're taught that in the work environment, in the business environment, we just got to leave our emotions out of it. But that's not possible. And so, you know, we it will show up in one way or another. It will show up, you know, in resistance. It will show up in distraction. It will show up in like complicating things or in foggy head or in like there's all these symptoms of not navigating our emotions. And so I think it's really interesting that we've been taught that and it's not a very successful way to run your business. Mm, I feel like it's kind of what we've always been told or what's always kept women out of business and politics and stuff in the past. It's like, no, she can't run the country because she's got a menstrual cycle, you know, (laughs) keep it separated, you know. And you always get praised, don't you, when you're, you know, in business or when you're younger for like, you know, keeping feelings out of it, you know, like not coming to work with feelings, not being emotional, you know, um, but yeah, in, in the strengths test with I did with you, Sonia, empathy was my biggest strength, but I would never, ever in my previous role show emotion or anything at work because that was not the way to do it. So it's a really big, you know, feeling that way and being able to be yourself everywhere at home, at work, the same person, and that, you know, bringing those feelings everywhere. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, that right there is such an interesting idea too, because, you know, one of the things obviously I'm really passionate about is being aligned in our businesses, being ourselves and utilizing our strengths. Well, if you look at women and it's fascinating to look at the makeup, even of our group, you know, of my client group is, you know, so many of the strengths are around like empathy or connectedness or, you know, like all feeling like a lot of feeling strengths. And so if we're going to keep all of those out of our workplace or out of our business, we are going to be so exhausted and misaligned with how we're operating our business because we're not going to be doing it in our strengths. So true. I think the exhaustion is a big one that I've learned and has come up for me. Like Sonia said something to me a few months ago about like just the amount of energy you expend, like holding up lies about yourself or about things that you really want or about pretending to be interested in what you're doing or whatever it is. And just when you do let that go, like you realize how tired you were from actually lifting up those things that were misaligned or that were just like genuinely untrue. And that's been a big reckoning, I think, for me, like trying to operate in a more feminine way of like, oh my gosh, I see why women are so exhausted all the time because we're holding up so many things that are not ours or that we don't really believe or we don't want to hold. And when we let them go, it's like, such a relief. Yeah, right? Space, energy, like we take all these things back, we reclaim them. And that's why I was thinking it would be really cool as well to kind of talk about your experience. You know, I talk a lot about desire, you know, desire being at the core in so many ways of operating a business in the feminine is aligning what we're creating with our desire, knowing even what our desire is. Because so many women have stuffed down their desires that when I even ask them, what do you want? They just tell me what someone else wants. So they tell me what they were told to want, or they tell me what they should want, but they don't even really know what they want. So what's been your experience with kind of tapping into your desire or aligning your business with your desire? I think we're all smiling here because we've all had to like dive really, really deep on this one because over so many years, for me anyway, I've been taught to please people and, you know, um, so it was really hard to even find out what I even wanted. What was desire? Oh my goodness. Like, you know, it's even hard to tap into that feeling of wanting something for yourself. Um, Mm. So 
yeah. And even this morning, like I woke up and I, I, I thought I did some journaling and, you know, it was so exciting even to feel a little bit of desire there, you know, like, wow, there it is. You know, it's so, it's really such an exciting thing that it feels like we haven't been allowed to feel that for so long. Yeah. How about you, Jamie or Michaela? What have you kind of learned around the idea of desire? Um, For me, it was just something that was so foreign. Like I feel like, you know, because before I was a naturopath, I worked sort of as an employee in another field in the arts. But um, I really kind of just fell into roles over and over again. And I kind of was just like, okay, well, this is not ideal. I like some parts of it. There are other parts of it that I don't like that don't really play to my strengths. But you know, here I am, that's the job that I'm getting paid to do. So I'll just do it. And yeah, like the the concept of actually thinking about what I actually wanted was just so foreign that I was kind of just like, what do you mean? (laughs) Um, And it's actually been, that was actually really confronting for me because, you know, I feel like one of the reasons maybe why I haven't sort of thought about what I wanted is because then I had to really work for it and I had to sort of kind of uncover all of these limiting sort of beliefs I had about myself that were standing in the way and that was terrifying. Like it was really terrifying and confronting and I probably, had I not had you, Sonia, I wouldn't have done it. Like had I had sort of explored this on my own, I would have just been like, okay, I'm just going to leave that where it is and come back to that another time but yeah, it has been a real process of exploration, kind of like allowing that, yeah, allowing myself to really want things, which is something that I've never thought about before, which is kind of wild when you think about it. I know, right? (laughs) And I think, you know, it's so interesting because when I first got to this concept as well, like I, I really often didn't even ask myself because it wasn't about what I wanted. It was about what someone else needed. It was about what someone else wanted. It was about what, what the world needs. It was about, and like getting to my own core of like, but what do I want? What do I really desire? What is like inspiring and motivating enough for me to want to create? You know, it, it is confronting, right? And it's confronting as well because so much of like the way we feel is like it's audacity, to desire something for yourself. Totally. I think we're told to sort of be satisfied with what we get. Like that's mm. the message that I've had. So um, fighting against that has been ugh, terrifying but rewarding. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think it would be awesome as well to kind of look at, you know, one of the challenges I think between the way women perceive business, right, is that we have to be obviously hustling all the time and go, go, go. But one of the other things that I think is really interesting to look at, and I would love to hear from all of you kind of on your perspective around this is I think there's a lot of women who are more introverted, more quiet, more internal, more um, embodied, wanting to have like more of a life that they really struggle with operating a business because they think they have to hustle or they think they have to be on Instagram live every day, or they think they have to do all these things that are very extroverted in nature. But I would love to hear what you all have experienced of like a different way to do it that doesn't require having to be so extroverted and high energy. And in that way that, you know, so many of us really aren't. I think that's really good 
to dig into because I do think that's one of the things that both puts people off getting into business altogether and then also becomes like a self-limiting ceiling as well. And I would definitely consider myself an extrovert. So my challenge has been around working by myself for a long time, but then also not wanting to do some of those maybe classic extrovert things. Like I have no interest in really running a business Instagram. I don't want to be going live. I don't really want to be posting on Twitter. Like none of those things are things that I want to do as marketing for my business because I prefer things like this. I prefer things like being in community, having deep conversations. I would much rather save my energy for those sorts of things than forcing myself to do something like Instagram or Facebook Live. And not to say that that will never be something I am interested in down the line, but I think investing in relationships is almost always going to be where you get the biggest return, just personally and business-wise. And I think the feminine approach really encourages us to tap into that in not that like networky salesy like what do you do oh here's what I do here's my card thanks for your card and then you never connect again it's much more of like getting to know people's lives and who they actually are and what their business is actually for and why they do it and it's just such a deeper connection I think Um, and it's one that I think suits both extroverts and introverts because it's not that shallow kind of connection where you're running all over the place. It's more of that deep connection that I think is just what we need as human beings in general. Mm, I love that perspective. Yeah. Well, I would absolutely agree with Michaela and being an extreme introvert. And, you know, I also feel the same way as you, like, um, first, I never even thought that I would be in business, you know, as an extreme introvert, you want to like hide yourself in the corner most of the times, but yeah, but actually you can make it really work so well for yourself. Like I don't hustle, you know, with Sonia, we've worked on connections and like, what does that look like for me? And that, like what you talked about, Michaela, and forming those really deep relationships with people, um, like, you know, one-on-one for me is really working and I love that. Um, So yeah, that has really helped me as an introvert get into business and love, love it. Yeah, similar for me. I mean, I'm not someone who likes to broadcast my ideas and my life on, you know, to a lot of people on Instagram or something like that. Some people like to do that and that is fine. It's not my thing. What I do really enjoy is the one-on-one consults that I have with women. And that's like why I got into what I'm doing because I, you know, I'm interested in helping people on that level and like hearing women's stories and helping them to advocate for themselves and advocating for them. And I think, yeah, it's something that's really played to my strengths a lot as well because I think I am a very empathic person and I am very good at one-on-one connection. I'm really not good at sort of broadcasting things to a wider audience so like I don't think I would be good at that anyway not only would I hate it but I just don't think it would really serve me or my business at all so yeah I really think being able to structure my business in the way that I have has been a lot better for me it's made it's mean that I just enjoy my day-to-day a whole lot more yeah look I agree I'm same and I think you know and I think what's interesting what I love about this conversation is you know in so many ways you know, looking through the feminine lens, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to call it a feminine business or a masculine business, right? This is just like perspectives and ways to look at things. But I think when we're looking at our businesses more holistically, 
you know, what we can look at is we can align it to who we are. We can design it to who we are. So there's no one right path. There's no one right way. There's no, you know, if you're an extrovert or an introvert, you can design it in a way that serves you. If you have a strength with people or you have a strength with tech, you can design it in a way that works for you. You know, and that's really, I think the biggest piece that I hope that a lot of people take away from this is that, you know, when you're operating in a more holistic way, in a more feminine way, in a more aligned way, what you're able to do is design your business in a way that is true to you, that is aligned with who you are, that plays to your strengths. And you don't have to do anything that is misaligned with who you are. You don't have to do anything that goes against your moral compass. You don't have to do anything because someone tells you to do that. You can actually just do it because it's aligned with who you are. Mm. I feel like it was such a revelation for me meeting you, Sonia, in the first kind of um, session that we had because I had, I think luckily I hadn't been practising that long before I met you because I feel like I could have gone down a whole other path. But I feel like you were able to kind of like talk to me about what I was actually interested in um, and then actually focus on that because I think in the past I... I kind of just believed that I had to just treat anyone, like anybody who wanted treatment from me, I had to treat them, whether it was digestive complaints or migraines or, you know, like prostate enlargement, stuff that, you know, people need treatment for that. But I'm just, I really was not enjoying my job. And I don't know if I would have actually lasted as an naturopath because it's it's difficult at times and I just really wasn't enjoying the day-to-day that much. But I feel like you know, when you actually think about who you really enjoy talking to, what you really care about, what you'd want to spend your Sunday afternoon reading journal articles about, (laughs) that, you know, like it just makes your job so much more interesting and so much more enjoyable. Yes. And and I think it makes your care so much palpable, right? Like, you know, your passion for the women that you work with that have PCOS and that, you know, are struggling to conceive and the things that they are like navigating, not only do you end up knowing a lot about that because you're specialized, you're working like specifically to those kind of people, but the care is so much greater because you, you know what you're dealing with. You're not just trying to like navigate everybody, whoever wants to come in, come in, I'll take anyone, right? It's kind of not really fair to those other people either because there's someone else who would be really interested in treating migraines and they could get a much better interaction from them. So it makes sense. And I think that's, you know, like one of the things I find that people will fight me against, like, you know, I definitely have some some pushback when I try to get people to focus and to niche down and to get more specific with their target market and who they want to work with, right? Some people come into the program and they definitely give me a lot of pushback. They're like, I want to work with multiple people. I want to work with this broad market. I, you know, I don't want to focus. I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. And, and so what is your experience, you know, in in focusing, right? And really simplifying who you're targeting and niching down, like how has that served you and your business? I think I came to you when I'd gone down a whole different path and I was um, offering lots of different services and some for free. Um, And then (laughs) I um, helped everyone that would ask for help, the same as Jamie. And um, I would be overwhelmed every week, every single week. If you know, the kids were sick, or something would happen, I'd be like, oh my goodness, like it's just overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm all the time. And I found that the more that I focused on just one program 
and the more I focused on that, like the desire of who I want to help and what I wanted to achieve in the world and for myself, that it just, it became really, really clear and a lot easier to do, to achieve results and to have that satisfaction and that love and that desire and everything that all kind of fell into place when I focused on that one thing, you know, on that connections, that one way of like bringing in people, you know, it just, it just feels calm, you know, just, it was so perfect to be able to, you know, um, have a business and not to hustle by simplifying and focusing. Yeah. I think I'm in the like messy middle of this right now with my business, um, which is a little bit different perspective as well. Cause I know I had been really kind of going back and forth for a bit about who I want my target market to be, what I want my one offer to be, just feeling really lost in I'm definitely an overdoer and an overthinker. I'm going to put like a million words on the page and then have to strip back. And when Sonia gave me an idea of like, here's maybe one thing you could focus on. It was just like a huge relief. Like I literally just felt my shoulders drop and I was like, I'm so glad you said that. I feel so much better. I feel so much more like that will be a sustainable thing that I can really do. And it feels like it fits me rather than I've got to help everybody because I've certainly gone through that phase as well where it's like someone's got a podcast that I really am not interested in or don't align with but I still feel like I have to help them and moving away from that and into this relieved space of like oh I can just do this one thing is something I'm looking forward to digging into more for sure and I think that's what we should be feeling in our businesses right relief you know, we should be feeling inspired and open and excited. And it doesn't mean that business is easy, right? I mean, you know, I know all of you can share, you know, how business is not easy. And I'm going to have you do that in a second. But, you know, like business is hard. And yet we still should have some of our business feeling spacious and, you know, a relief and an, an exciting and motivating so let's dig into that a little bit because I think sometimes, you know, uh, one, one of the things that so gets under my skin is when people and business people and business coaches and business podcasts, they talk so much about the greatness of business and how awesome it is. But let's talk about the challenges. Like what has been your greatest challenge in running your business so far? <laughs> That's a great question. Start. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I think, I mean, I spoke about, the separation between, um, you know, yourself and your feelings and your business as being difficult. But to be honest, the sort of amalgamation of those two things is quite challenging as well. So for me, I think that that's probably been one of my biggest challenges because I feel like when you have a business, all of the things that you need to work on about yourself just kind of come and sit on your lap. You can't really mm-hmm. escape them. <laughs> And it's much different from just kind of showing up to a nine-to-five job, getting your stuff done, not really being like challenged or triggered in a way that leads to self-development. Maybe that's true for some people, but it certainly wasn't true for me. And I feel like, you know, one of the best but most challenging parts of having my business is that it's kind of really pushed me into this self-development that has been at times like very, very difficult but really rewarding and I feel like that's another way that you can't really separate your business from your life is because you, you know, you might notice 
you're working in you, like for me, for example, I have some personality traits that or qualities that are challenging when you've got a business, you know, things like self-criticism or perfectionism. And for me, I've had to really, I haven't been able to ignore those in a way that I could if I was just showing up to a job. I've had to really like examine them and look at the origin of that and explore that and kind of process my feelings around those things. And it's been very difficult, but it's also led to so much more development um, and that I would not have experienced had I not been challenged in that way, I think. Mm. And what's so like, what is so great about that statement, Jamie, is that, you know, that is a huge difference between what I believe is the traditional way to run a business and the way that I believe we should be running our businesses in the more sort of feminine way. And that is acknowledging what is there. It is acknowledging the self that we are bringing to our business that cannot be ignored or, you know, stuffed down or pushed back. And, and yet in a lot of like masculine businesses or traditional businesses, they just railroad over any feelings, any emotions, any issues, any defaults that come up, they try to control it, which leads to so much exhaustion. If you are trying to control what's coming up for you, what feelings you have, what you need to navigate, right? right? Exhaustion. Yeah. And so this is a really different way is being able to address, you know, what is actually going on inside of us. And it's why I'm so passionate about self-development and business development. They go a hundred percent hand in hand. You cannot dissect those. And if you try to, it's not going to end up in a long-term success. I think you see it in some of these big businesses like startups that are run by a couple of guys who then they go huge and then you find out that there's some scandal within the business where they were treating people terribly, the pay wasn't fair, they're actually having really bad practices in some other realm. And obviously I don't know these people, who knows, maybe they tried, but it doesn't feel as though that self-development was happening in parallel with the business. Whereas when you're forced to kind of confront yourself and be like, that's actually not how I believe the world should be. So why would I do that in my business? Or why would my practices not align with who I really am? It makes you approach it in such a different way. Yeah. And, you know, Michaela and Carolyn, would you agree that that is a really challenging part of business is, you know, sort of having to confront ourselves or deal with some of that internal stuff? That one is for me is probably was my biggest challenge is like peeling back the layers I think before I started with you, Sonia, I wanted to give up my business like every second week. I'd be like, (laughs) no, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go out and get myself a job. But because I'd had a taste of working for myself and I realized how amazing it was to be flexible and everything, it's just so hard. Um, Mm. But when I started working with you, Sonia, and peeling off those layers, you know, doing all that internal self-development work to get to the point where I felt like I am enough you know, what I can bring is me, you know, and I am, I am enough. That was just such a a pivotal moment for me. So yeah, amazing to be able to get to that place actually. Look, I mean, to me, that is like the best outcome ever, right? If we can just get to the place where we believe we're worthy enough, like that's it. Like that's the core. You want business success, just work on being worthy enough, right? Like, like I think that's such a core piece of that process. Just makes me want to cry. <laughs> You're allowed to cry here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my podcast. I can cry yeah, if I yeah. want to. 
I love that too, because it shows how your business and yourself are like a mutual thing that informs each other. It's not like that sharp traditional divide between work and business and professional life are one thing and who you are outside of that is another. They can kind of flow in and out of each other and something you hit upon in your business can like make your whole life richer, which I think is another way that what Sonia teaches is so different from like what you come across in the world every day. Yeah. Look, I love it. I'm so thankful for you all being here. This was such a great conversation. And when I think, you know, other people need to hear because I don't think we're validated enough you know, operating in a different way, feeling all of our feelings, right? Like we're just not validated enough in the business world. And I want to, you know, really bring that by, you know, sharing our stories and validating that, yes, we all have imposter syndrome. Yes, we all struggle with being worthy. Yes, we all have emotions that hijack our business success. You know, (laughs) these are all normal. Yeah. And I think if it's stuff that we actually talked about, we wouldn't feel, we wouldn't have that shame on top of unworthiness it would just be like you know experiencing that feeling and letting it go or whatever and not feeling bad about it we just don't really talk about it yeah exactly and I hope to talk about it a lot more all right well thank you all so much for being here we're going to wrap up for today but we will see you next week have you tried all the things to grow your service business the marketing hacks the coaching programs, every downloadable secret the gurus are selling. Maybe you've also tried selling out yourself, whether by following someone else's guidance or ignoring your own. But what if there was another way? Here is the truth. The business struggle you are having isn't about marketing, sales, or even your target market. It is a struggle with worthiness. When you don't feel worthy, you over-deliver, You undersell, you struggle with boundaries, charge less than your worth, and have difficulty explaining your value. Now, I've seen over the last 20 years that for women, the core of business struggle is a struggle with worth. This is why my business program tackles this first. Yes, we also address your business structures, we address sales and marketing, but they're done through a totally different lens of worthiness. Right now, I'm selling my spots for 2021, and this will be the last time I offer one-to-one in my program. If you've ever thought of working with me, now is the time to reach out. We can have a chat to see if I'm the right fit for you. Head over to sonnystatman.com or connect with me on any of my socials. I promise you, it's worth it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.